You're listening to the All In Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Blake, giving you a new perspective on the dental industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Welcome to the All In Podcast. The podcast brings you a new perspective on the dental industry. I am Shane McElroy, and as always, I'm joined by Blake McClellan. How are you, buddy? Glad I don't do the intro, man. I was just thinking that. Like, I just don't, I couldn't do that. Kudos to you, man. It's become more of a habit thing now. I kind of froze there for a second in my head, but it's just done. I just am not good. I was terrible. I tried to do acting in in school and stuff. I was terrible. I'm not good at that (laughs) stuff. I hate hate hearing my voice. So that's why I rarely listen listen to the full podcast. I'm like, oh, I got to skip through my part. Well, mine is the more interesting part, obviously. But I'm not alone. I was actually reading an article about Miles Teller. He did an interview with the guys from Barstool Sports, uh, Big Cat, and um, the other guy. I'm part of my take. And he, they were all like, Miles, like, I hate watching my movies. I maybe watch them once if I can avoid my will. Like, I don't listen to my interviews. Like, see, I'm not alone. There's other people that just hate the sound of the voice, well, too. I don't mind the sound of my voice, but I do avoid looking at my my naked body in the mirror when I'm about to take a shower. <laughs> Just, hey man. I don't want to see that, and nobody nobody else does either. Dental fat camp, man. You shed five point five. Keep it going. Yeah, I got to keep it going, man. Got to keep it going. Think um, you'll, what's your what's your target weight you want to lose? How much? pounds? I want to get down to. It depends. If I start lifting down to one sixty five, so I started almost at one eighty, so it's like fifteen pounds, and, but I probably won't start lifting. So. 20 is <laughs> really where I need to get <laughs> and I'll hit a wall. Like I'll get to like 170, and I guarantee it'll get really hard all of a sudden. Cause I haven't had to do too much yet other than try not to eat everything I see. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the, the lazy weight, right. That we all will lose real quick. And then, and then, you know, it gets really tough and then you lose another big plateau, you know, you plateau at the next spot, but see for me, it's, it's always hard to gain healthy weight. Cause like now I'm starting to get that bad fat tire. <laughs> like, but I'm skinny. Like you said, like you, you call it skinny fat. awkward. Yeah. I'm skinny fat, like an awkward skinny fat. So, but, um, no, I mean, uh, I, when I quit drinking, cause I quit drinking in January, I've only had like a couple glasses of wine since. Um, and, and man, that was amazing. Holy cow. The amount of sugar and like my body, like drastically changed just by not drinking as, as much, like at all, you know, it's crazy. Uh, when you get old, like me, it's not, I don't even drink that much anymore. Like hardly ever. Um, but the reason is not to lose weight. It is just cause my body just does not recover. I, I had one drink, I had a glass of bourbon up in Kentucky the other day and I just was like mildly hung over the next day. I just can't care. I can't hold my weight anymore, man. It's crazy. Man, I'm scared. But these dental meetings, I can't do them anymore. I'm just going to want straight water, maybe one glass of wine, but that makes the job so much easier. I, well, I don't know why. That may not be the reason you can't do dental meetings anymore. You may have some shots fired at your head, dude. That article you wrote today was awesome. Yeah, I thanks, it. man. I, um, I appreciate it. I was actually really nervous to put it out there, but it felt right. I wrote it on the plane coming home from a trip and... Um, Honestly, I'm kind of just done. Give a little synopsis of it. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it was my Jerry Maguire approach to the industry. I kind of just told it as it is with the whole education model on how it's been a model of where big companies want to kind of bully these KOLs into exclusivity contracts and play puppet master and make them fall into their box and let, you know, their guidelines and essentially make them an employee and then. I think that the, that's not the way it should be. You know, uh, no, a quote from a very wise person said, you know, 
company should be the shoe, not the jersey. And it, it's exactly it. Too often the industry has been about, well, I'm on this team. Um, you know, I'm, I'm this team X implant or Y implant, you know, and you're married to that. And it's like you sold your soul to the devil. You can't do anything else. Whereas I think now with social media and everything, it's about authenticity and people are following these people, these accounts and learning from them because they realize that they're just shooting the truth. It's not paid content. It's not advertisement. It's true, authentic learning, which our industry needs. It's medicine. It, you know, like this whole, these endorsement deals are crazy with these companies, what their expectations for these KOLs. So I put it what out there. What was the title of the article on LinkedIn? Uh, the Jerry Maguire mission statement. Cause that's what he calls his little, in the beginning of the movie, it's his mission statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a great baby. PC releases. Money, baby. And it's my perspective on the education, on education in the dental industry. So, I mean, I'll, look, I'll, I'll be honest. There's some companies that are not going to like it. There's some, there's some leadership at certain companies that want to play puppet master and, and control their sure. worlds and they won't like it. And I, I actually was telling you, I think you do a good job. I'm not going to lie. I think you've done a great job with people that speak for you and stuff. And you just like the opportunity to work with people. You don't dictate them. And that's the way it should be. Everybody check that article out. It, it actually really is good. I didn't know Blake was smart enough to write something that thoughtful. Let's and, be fair. Uh, Zach, Zach edited it. It was a bunch of little <laughs> dr- right. drunk slang and then, you know, Zach kind of polished <laughs> it up for me. <laughs> I'm sure he, he took some F-bombs out or whatever you put in there. <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm quite sure of that. But all right, well, let's get into with our, our guest right now. Um, I'll introduce him being that he is my brother-in-law. And I'm a little nervous to have him on. I got to tell you, he is maybe the best trash talker I've ever met in my life. And he, he can even get under my, most, almost nobody can get under my skin. Kevin does it and he does it well. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Kevin Guy. He's a coach and GM of the Arizona Rattlers. What's going on, brother? What's happening, brother? How are you, man? It's, it's because you're easy prey. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I'm gonna have you and Blake going at me at the same time. I might as well just turn my. Uh, I'm excited about this. Yeah, oh, let's, I, I'm ready to hear all the good stuff. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I'm. I'm <laughs> delete, delete, delete. <laughs> what I want to uh, know is when at your family dinners, how much of the talking is from Shane, and then how much is from the rest of the family. Oh, well, so oh hold, to, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't get a word in with Kevin. Okay? <laughs> this is my dinner table, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, he Shane has to get permission to talk because he's he's still the young guy in the family. <laughs> That's so good, dude. Somewhere. Yeah, see, he's humble some places. There we go. I knew it was possible. It's not humble. It's just <laughs> I get <Scared>. overpowered. <laughs> yeah, scared. <laughs> Kevin, what part of Arizona are you in? Well, currently, right now, I'm in Tucson. Um, I live in Gilbert, which is southeast, about 25 minutes southeast of Phoenix. Yeah. And uh, also, my wife and I own the team, uh, the Tucson Sugar Skulls in Tucson. And um, I'm, I'm currently down here helping her with the with, with, with the sales because uh, I've been in the industry for uh, 25 years. So there's not really anybody in the organization that can sell it you know, this product, you know, I, I got a lot of knowledge, obviously being in it for 25 years. So, um, I feel like I'm the best one that can sell it. So I'm down here helping her sell right now. And, and then we start training camp, uh, March 5th, uh, back up in Phoenix and the team in Tucson starts March 3rd. So once, once we get to that point, I'll, I'll be all football. That's crazy. So you own a team and then you coach a team, a separate team. I do. I do. And, do they, uh, they ever play each other? They do. 
<laughs> they do. So it's, it's kind of unique. I mean, where, you, we're, where we're are you not, putting your money on? <laughs> oh, he, he, this dude's well, too competitive. He would never, <laughs> he can't I got a day, not I got a day job. I got a day job and I'm, and I'm playing my wife and I, I, I love to beat her. Okay. So, um, you know, so when I play her, I take a lot of pride in, in trying to beat him. Oh, man, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you're, so how long have you been, you've been doing the industry for 25? Has it all been in the arena for that long? Or how long have you been doing it with this, the arena league? Yeah, I mean, I, I came in as a player in 1996, you know, after I, I got through playing college football like in West Alabama. <laughs> I was nine. You were nine. <laughs> I, probably, I probably signed both of you. I probably gave you an autograph at some point. But, <laughs> <laughs> Did you play in college? I did. I played at West Alabama, and um, you know, I I, I, uh, I heard y'all talking about tires uh, earlier. I, I I I definitely I got a smaller tire now. I got the you know the tire that you get out of the back when you have the flat. It's a smaller oh. Mack Tuck tire. But you know, um, got through playing at West Alabama, and then you know, actually was going to you know went down the senior boat to a combine. Um, was going to sign in Canada. Uh, one of my coaches went to the arena football league and called me and, you know, wound up signing with Minnesota and, um, played for several years. And then I got into coaching and just kind of moved up the ranks. I've, you know, I've been a, been a position coach. I've been a, you know, uh, assistant, you know, a coordinator, you know, I've been a, you know, head coach, general manager, now into ownership. So I've, I've kind of seen it from all perspectives and, uh, you know, along the, along the way, uh, because we are smaller. You got to wear many hats. You know, I got involved with the business side and and also learned that side. Started selling, and what my original owner, uh, Art Clarkson, you know, when he hired me in uh, 2002, you know, he told me he said, "Hey, you're not just a coach. You're going you're going to learn how to sell tickets. You're going to learn how to sell sponsorships, and and uh, you know, who better than to go in there and sell for us than our head coach? Because you know, his philosophy was there. Everybody wanted to meet the head coach anyway, so he wanted me as a sales guy. So we started selling and. And, uh, you know, we led the league and for three straight years with uh, combined, uh, you know, ticket sales and, and uh, sponsorship sales and revenue. So, you know, just kind of never really got out of it. We've been doing both for several years. And, you know, I, I think that's why I could easily talk Kathy into to owning a team. Um, and I, I think right now she probably wants to punch me in the gut for doing it. But um, <laughs> but she felt like it fit, you know, fit because of, of, of the experience that, that I've had in the past. And yeah, the team down there, it's called, have you ever been to Tucson before, Blake? Uh, no, uh, I keep getting a mess. Uh, what's the school at? What, where, where's the school at? Tempe, right? No, uh, Arizona, Arizona State. State. Arizona State's in Tempe and University of Arizona, the Wildcats, they're in Tucson. So okay, that yeah, city so is I, really I haven't cool. been to Tucson. Yeah, no, I haven't been there. It's, it's really, really cool. And, and I'd never been there until, uh, I think Kevin, was it, that was the first time I was there. It was this summer or last year. I can't remember when it was now. I'm getting old. Yeah, but it's a really cool place. Down. Yeah, it was cool. We're up in the mountains, hanging out in the mountains, and you know, it's, it's, the whole city is surrounded by mountains, so it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, and, and you know, it's got a, it's over a million people that live here, but it's got a small town feel to it. It's what really are those badass. games like? Uh, what are the sizes? The size the crowds are from? Because I mean, they're pretty significant still, right? For these these arena leagues, like it's it's crazy. Like the following these things have had and you know, without getting all this like crazy endorsement deals that uh, you see with the NFL. And now the NFL is dying. It's like, this is what they've all needed, a long, needed all along. 
we feel like we got, we'll see what happens with the XFL, but we, we feel like we've, we've got the business model. Uh, we've been in, you know, business for almost 30 years. And, you know, when you look at it, I mean, in Phoenix, we average right around 14,000 a game. You know, we wow. play in the same arena with the Phoenix Suns. You know, we've been quite successful up there. I mean, in the last nine years, we've played for seven championships. And, you know, I can tell you, when I came down there as a player in the 90s, uh, when, you know, I played for Minnesota, New Jersey, and, and the Orlando Predators, and we would come out and play Arizona. And, you know, back in those days, the team was owned by Jerry Colangelo. Danny White was the head coach. And, you know, they had, you know, just as many fans then as we do today. And, and, uh, and at the time – all the other sports teams have not moved to Phoenix yet. And the Cardinals were here, but they weren't very good. The Suns is, is, is kind of the original team out here. And, you know, the Rattlers, believe it or not, the Rattlers players, a lot of those guys were household names more than the Cardinal players. So Yeah, Blake, you know, so check time, this out. I was out there for a, uh, when I was coming to DIA. I was in an Uber, and they had the sports talk radio on. And they just started – like it wasn't during the season or anything. They just started talking about coach Kevin guys being one of the top coaches in Arizona. And I'm like, Oh God, I hope he doesn't hear this. His head's going to get so big, dude. But he, it's interesting to see people come up to him and like take pictures with him and ask for his autograph. It, it, he's a big, he's kind of a big deal out there, man. It's awesome. How many championships have you won for them? Uh, four championships in, in Arizona. I, I, I won one also as a defense coordinator up in San Jose, but you know, we've, we won four, we lost three can't figure it out but we've all four games all four championships that we've won we've won on the road and the three the three that we lost we lost at home so we got to get that figured out it's got to be a electric feeling though like when you win that championship you get thousands and thousands of people rallying for you. I mean, what is that high like i mean that's got to be amazing you know, you've been doing it. You know, you've been doing it as long as I have. You really like. You really don't hear the fans. And and Shane was actually at the championship game this past year out in Glendale, and that was the first game because there was some there were some calls that were made in the game that the <laughs> fans got warm really so you don't get a fine, Kevin. I, yeah. I don't usually you know bitch or whine about ref calls. It was pretty bad though. It was pretty bad, and usually they're pretty decent. I, I've never. I've been the head coach for 11 years. I've never seen the fans get upset the way they got upset in that championship game. And I mean, uh, you know, they were, uh, I, I, I was getting concerned that they were going to get violent. I mean, it was that bad. Were, when I went back and watched the game on TV, um, you know, probably a month later, I, I didn't realize how, I knew how loud they were because I was in there. But when I watched it on TV, you could not even really hear the commentators because the crowd was so loud, they were just, they was overtaking the sound. It was crazy. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. But, like, if you've never <laughs> gone to a, a game, game if you've never gone to an arena football game, like, you don't have to, like, even like NFL football or anything else. It is so fast. It they, They're incredible athletes. I mean, I know a lot of you guys still, you're playing, you go in and play in the NFL and stuff, but it is so fast, so high scoring. It's kind of like a combo of, like, I don't know, football and, like, basketball and just just amazing athletes well, you, i have a blast with it you see more heart in it I, i've watched a lot of games on tv and um again my buddy of mine played in canadian football league which is similar and you know you just see they got something to prove they've got a chip on their shoulder right and and i think it's better football you're dealing with these divas in the nfl now i stopped watching the nfl a couple of years ago like i've been doing this fancy football with shay and stuff i haven't watched any games you know i, I just 
I'm kind of over it. You just don't see the same kind of competing that you see at a collegiate level or some of these others. You know, even even in soccer, they're competing a little bit harder. Well, the, you know, to tell you what kind of caliber athletes that we're getting in 11 seasons with the Rattlers, 51 of my players have signed NFL contracts out of our program, and that's that's more than a lot of Division One schools are doing. So that's amazing. You know, a lot of these. A lot of these guys are not finished developing when they come out of college, and they need to continue to develop and get quality film against quality opponents. And um, it's just part of the process of what these guys got to do to try to get there. And unfortunately, they didn't get drafted, so they know that they're coming here to play just to try to get on the bottom half of the roster of the NFL because they've already picked their first and second rounders. They're not bringing those guys in to do that. They're bringing them in to be on the bottom of the roster play special teams, and then hopefully they can work their way up from there. How do you feel when they grab one of your players? And like, I mean, are you happy for the player? Like if he gets to go to the NFL or – because that could really mess with your team because they're going to take your top guys, right? Well, we do have a small roster, but I'm always happy for the players if they get opportunity. Every one of us grew up, you know, hoping that we can play on Sundays, right? So, you know, when when they actually get an opportunity to go fulfill that dream, you know, that's a big deal for them. It's a big deal for their family. And, and you know, and, and, and in return, it turns around and helps me recruit. I mean, you know, the word's out, Arizona Rattlers puts players in the NFL. So, you know, our recruiting has is, is, is gotten easier, to be frank, over the over the year. Now, we're still relentless, and we still go after it, you know, pretty hard. And we feel like, like you know, last year we went undefeated. We got to the championship game and got beat by a team that we've already beaten twice in regular season uh, by two or three touchdowns. And – you know, um, when you when you look at that, you know that situation. You know, with our roster this year, we have a chance to be uh, better. You know, right now on paper, I think we're going to be better than we were last year. Really? How do you get? Do you, are you? Do you consider yourself a player's coach? Because I see you bust their ass sometimes, and your guys love you. How do you, you know, straddle that fence there between just going at them well, and them loving you? I think it's about. It's like any anywhere in any business, and it, to me, it, it works only one way. If you got if you got communication and trust, you know, uh, you know, once you you build those relationships, they'll take coaching. I mean, I've always told my coaches, just don't make it personal. You, you can you you can ride a player, you can push him uh, to his to his full potential. Uh, we just don't make you know. I don't have a habit of making it personal. It's, it's about football, and, and you know what I tell the players are. It's a, it's about production, and I think it should be like this in any company. You know, you produce, you stay. You don't produce, you go. I mean, it's kind of like sales, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I mean, you got you got to produce, and not being personal. I think it, you you know keep, being tough is okay. I mean, I, I know my guys that work with me. I'm, I always have to watch myself because I tend to be more militaristic on my approach. I just was raised up that way, being tough, just saying as it is, not being personal. And like, if we can all be mad and have a beer at five o'clock and everything's all right. Yeah. You know, I, I think a but, lot of companies can take that, that wisdom though. They miss that personal attack part. Some people really like managers, I think throw some personal jabs in there and that's when the emotions get triggered. Sure. You know, and, and, you know, I, you know, I just, you know, tell the guys, you know, it's, it's, it's about production. Uh, you're not here on scholarship, you know, you're, this is, this is professional football. So, you know, you got to produce or, or you either got to get better or we got to make a change. It's one of the two. And, and, you know, we, we definitely stay away from, from, uh, you know, making it personal and, and, you know, I, I, these guys respect that. And, and, you know, I can, I can be hard on them during the week and, you know, Shane, to tell you, you know, after the game, we always have a, you know, a restaurant that throws some kind of after party for, the players that all the fans come to and stuff. And, 
And, you know, I can sit there and have a beer with those guys and, and, and we're fine. But once that night's over, when we go back to work the next morning, it's, it's, it, we're, you know, we're, we punch the clock, we go back to work. I love that. Uh, you know, how many players are you managing at a time? In a full season, what do you, what's your roster like? We bring in 40 for training camp and we cut it down to 25. So it's eight man football. So you, you'll have some injured players. Um, you know, so you're, you're always sitting around probably around 30. You know, I, okay. I have, you know, five, six coaches, equipment manager, trainer, you know, player personnel staff, you know, all in all, I'm probably managing, uh, probably somewhere around 60 players. I mean, 60 employees at one time, you know? Okay. Wow. Then, That's a big operation. Uh, yeah, and then in the off season, it, you know, I'm, I'm managing less than ten. <laughs> so, you know, but what's the players? It, he's always on the phone them. with somebody, dude. He never stops. Well, yeah, the year starts, the management starts, everything else for the for the other he, team too. I imagine. Right? I hate admitting it, since I think I'm so good at sales. He's really good at sales. Uh, I got to sit in a meeting with him with a, what was that TV station or something selling sponsorships or whatever. Man, he's. I gotta admit, Kevin, you're you're all right. You're all right at it. <laughs> yeah. He's a closer. <laughs> you know, I've always told everybody, recruiting and sales. If you can sell, you can recruit. If you can recruit, you can sell. You know, and yeah. um, you know one one of the ways that uh, you know the reason that me and my Kathy and I got the Tucson franchise was some owners had contacted me. I do have a reputation for being a recruiter, so they and a sales guy, so they called me and asked me would I help grow the league. And you know, I asked them for the Tucson market out of the deal. And you know, but in the two years that we've owned. The Tucson market, we've also grown the league by seven teams, and we've got four or five applications on the table right now. So, you know, right now we had owners meetings uh, a couple of weeks ago in Frisco, Texas, and, you know, we're looking at shutting this league off at about 20 to 24 teams. And then if you're going to buy a team, you're going to have to buy an existing team. Um, should make our evaluation, you know, the valuation of the teams go up, you know. So, um, you know, we, we just signed a huge marketing deal where, we're, you know, we're going to be selling our league inventory you know, at the league level. And, you know, that was a very lucrative deal for the league. So we're, we're, we're building the league. So, you know, we just, we're, we're on our way and, uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit. We just got to keep chopping wood and, and, you know, you, you'll take two steps forward and one step back and it's like any business, but, uh, you know, but we got a lot of owners that's committed to the future. Now with the, with the XFL, do you, are you seeing that being a challenge? Are you glad that the XFL is around? Is it helping bring more, take more attention away from the NFL? Like, what's your approach with and strategy to them launching? Well, first I'll say that whether it comes to Canada, the indoor football league, XFL, the arena league, you know, we're all going after the same players. So when the NFL cuts them, mm-hmm. we're all going after the same players. So, you know, it really comes down to what's the best fit for the player. Uh, you know, some guys don't want to leave, you know, leave the States. I mean, you know, I, I, I signed with the Birmingham Barracudas out of college, you know, but if a Canadian team, it was with the Canadian Football League, but if, if the Canadian team would have recruited me, I don't know if I would have wanted to leave the States. So, you know, it really comes down to what the mindset of the player is and what they want to do. And I, I, I welcome any football league to, to start up and get going. I, I think the more jobs are out there, that's better for us. So, um, you know, I, I welcome the competition. I think it, uh, you know, it makes everybody better and, and it makes it more competitive. We're all recruiting against each other. So, um, you know, the XFL, uh, you know, just obviously started this past weekend. And, and you know, I, I watched a little bit of the games. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, right now my focus is on, you know, we got we got to get our league started in, in three weeks. So we're trying to, you know, dot all the I's and cross the T's going into the season. 
I will say it didn't have the same energy that you guys have in arena football. Mm-hmm. I, I would compare arena to soccer in a sense of the energy of the audience and stuff. It's very excitable. People are really kind of engaged. It's, but the this XFL game, I was kind of like, it was like scrimmage ball, you know? It seemed like it was the the red and white game for Georgia or something, you know? It, it wasn't really sure. like, uh, I, I don't know if it's not a lot of people are attending it yet or what the deal was. Well, Kevin, yeah. do you guys, when, from a, pro, a marketing approach, whether it's the Rattlers from Tucson, like at least in my experience with, with the fans there, they feel like it, it is their team. You know what I mean? Is that yeah. a strategy you guys kind of use when you're marketing uh, IFL? Well, no, no doubt about it. I mean, we're, we're a community team. And, you know, it's, it's like up in Phoenix, you can go to a Cardinal game and half the fans in there are from the team that's playing the Cardinals, maybe more, okay? And, you know, the one thing about the Rattlers, Rattlers is Arizona's team. Like all our fans in the building, 99% of the fans are Rattler fans. Because in our league, the fans usually, they don't travel like they do in the NFL. So the fans that you have in the building are 100% you know, years and, um, you know, and, and, and uh, just to speak on the TV part, I've never felt like indoor football, arena football, the TV ever did it justice. You know, I, it, it's, it's one of those games that you, you have to experience it from inside the building. It's way better inside the building than sitting there watching it on TV. It's not, a, it's not the best TV product, but just like the XFL, when I watched XFL, I was like, you know, it would probably be more interesting if I was there and sitting there, I, you know, I wasn't crazy about watching it on TV. I agreed with, with your assessment of, 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 you know, looking at it and saying, hey, it, it's a, you know, it kind of looked like a red-white game, right? So, um, you know, so I, I, you know, with our game, you can touch the players. You know, you can have a relationship with the coaches. They might end up in your lap, too. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a saying, hey, the, the football goes over the wall. You get to keep the football, but if a player goes over the wall, you got to give them back. So, you know, and it, and it happens every game. Yeah, no, Mike, I, you got to go to one of these games. Next time you go out to see, uh, you know, Joe Marinfar, you got to go check this out. As I'm Maybe saying, we'll like, let's just make it happen. I need a Scottsdale trip anyways. Let's just make it happen, man. We, we got a couch to crash on, right? Yeah. Right, Kevin? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll pay for your hotel room. I need, a, I need a, a dentist in Tucson to be a sponsor for Tucson. So, you know, if you guys hook it up, I'll, I'll, we'll get you a trip out. No, that's a good oh, platform for that. You know, we you can hear make that? that happen. All right, Phoenix Dennis, listening now. If you want to go to a game and no, he uh, said Tucson. They need a sponsor in Tucson for oh, Tucson. Dennis, Tucson, oral okay. surgeon down there, man. And by the way, their their swag is is really dope, dude. Because I got to have some conversations at the well, yeah, while like they were these, deciding what the what it was going to be. How did you guys come up with that, Kevin? I like these uniforms. These are sick. I was I'm on the skulls. How did you come up with that? You know. Um, we did a name the team contest. Everybody was putting in the usual animals, weather, something to do with the weather, uh, something to do with the desert. And we just wanted to be different. And one thing that Kathy and I saw when we came to Tucson is, you know, when we would go to restaurants or businesses or, you know, walk inside of a bar, they, Sugar Skulls is a big deal down there. Day of the Dead is a, is a big deal in Tucson. They have a procession every year that over 150,000 people come out to Tucson for you know, right after Halloween when, when they, you know, the um, procession starts. And so the name, you know, we, we said, Hey, let's call it sugar skulls. And, and uh, the guy worked for me, called me. And I was just like, you know, I'm not naming my football team sugar. And, you know, <laughs> it was driving me insane. And, 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 you know, but I was laying in bed one night, I was reading um, um, 
Sports Business Journal, and there's an article in there, and it was talking about minor league baseball and how the minor league baseball industry did over $70 million in merchandise the year before, and it was all due because they tied the team to the community. So what I started thinking about, I said, hey, you know, the Sugar Skull is all over the community. This is going to be a community team. Maybe it's time for us football people to stop being tough guys and, and maybe follow, you know, the minor league baseball league. And, you know, cause you know, you go around the, the United States and you got some really unique names, the flying squirrels, the Montgomery biscuits. I mean, you got all these the great trash names, pandas, the <laughs> trash pandas and Huntsville. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's got some cool names. So I, you know, and, and it was, it, you know, the logo was a big hit for us on the merchandise side. And, uh, you know, we're doing some unique things this year to even try to build that brand. Well, Kevin, I got some good news for you. I, I just read an article. There's going to be a Coco too. And when that comes out, your merch sales are going to go flying up even more so than they have been, man. I got a bunch of swag, dude. It is dope. Can we get, can we get uh, Blake a shirt or something or a hat? I'm a Schmedium sure. now. Uh, Schmedium. Shane's, <laughs> Shane's got so much merchandise for me that, Blake, you could probably just get one from him. <laughs> he knows how much fat, swag I, I feel. <laughs> no, this is really cool, man. This is interesting because, you know, what one, I mean, just to be coaching a team in general and all of that, and, and but to manage a whole new team, uh, building a league, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with that role. And it's, it's incredible that you're managing it so well and then also kicking ass on the field. So, you, I mean, I got to give you props, man. That's like from boardroom to football field, you're doing it. And that's awesome. How many interviews well, do you yeah. do too? You do a lot, actually. We do a lot throughout the week in, in different markets. So, you know, but it's like anything else. You, you know, you're as good as the people around you, and you got to surround yourself with good people. And, uh, you know, we got everybody that's paddling our boats in the right direction, and we got a lot of people that's committed. You know, it's important to you. I mean, you know, where I see people make mistakes is like, you know, they'll go hire somebody from the NFL or somebody that was a big name in college football or something, and then they come in and they they don't take the industry serious, and they wind up you know, getting their butts kicked uh, because they didn't take it serious. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand how good the talent level is. And, you know, I tell everybody, you know, we're in the entertainment business and we're in the talent business. And if you don't understand that, you're not going to last very long. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. You got to please the audience, right? And that's really, I mean, they're the ones paying the, paying them for the tickets. So you got to make them happy. Kevin, I got a question for you. Obviously you guys have been, you've got a nasty record, dude. You, you're, you've won a ton of games throughout your career as head coach. Do you attribute that more? What do you attribute that to? Is it your coaching ability? Is it more so your recruiting ability? Like, what do you think separates you? Why do you guys every single year have a, not just a winning record, but it's like 13 and one, 14 and 0, you know, 12 and two, 14 and 0, and always playing for championships. What is it that you do? Obviously you said surround yourself with good people, but is it the recruiting? Is it the, you know, is it the schemes? What is it that makes you so successful? You know, first, you, you got to be able to look in the mirror and hold yourself accountable, okay? And, you know, for me, I, a lot of people don't like to look at themselves, okay? You know, they, they, they always want to, you know, shift the blame somewhere else or point the finger. And I've got no problem. You know, I've always felt like, hey, we make a mistake. we got to own it. And, you know, it starts at the top. And, and when, you, when you build an organization, it's got to start at the top. And you gotta you got to develop that culture. And, you know, we've developed a culture that when you walk in the, in the door, and I, I don't care what level you're at, when, you know, when you, when you walk in the door, you know, we punch the clock, we go to work, and we get after it. And, and we've created a culture that, you know, this thing has turned into a, you know, a machine. And, and when you start having success, 
you know, it, it, it starts growing on you and you want to have more and you want to have more and it, you know, it becomes contagious. And, you know, I've always said enthusiasm is caught. It's not taught, you know, and how you carry yourself and, and you got to have confidence and, you know, and, and, and listen, it's like any other league, right? When we win, you know, you see the New England Patriots and you see Alabama and they win all the time. And, you know, we're kind of in that same boat in our industry and, you know, people are always trying to bring you down. You know, they they got something negative to say about you. And that stuff's got to bounce off of you like water. And so you can't let that stuff bother you. But we, 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 we work at all of the phases. I mean, you know, we're committed to all the phases, whether it be, you know, when we come in and run a meeting, you know, whether, whether we're recruiting, um, you know, whether what we're doing on the practice field. You know, when I, when I interview coaches, you know, they got to be great in three areas. They got to be able to coach. On the field, they got to be able to stand in front of a grease board and and manage a room and and uh, you know run a, run a classroom and then you know you got to be able to teach off video. That's the third thing. So you know you got to be strong in those three areas. And then the fourth one would be recruiting. You know you got to bring something to the table in recruiting. And you know it's, and it's so different in how I built it from the football side to the business side. You know I tell them you got to wear d- different hats. And I tell the the guy, the people I hire in the front office. Hey, you got to be able to do more than one thing, you know, and everybody's got to be able to sell, you know, to me, whether you're a coach, you're a player, you're a front office person, you know, you're always selling and, you know, you got, you know, you got to sell your industry. So, you know, I think it starts at the top of leadership and then you got to develop that culture and, you know, you set a standard, you know, you set an expectation. Players make right, they may complain. But at, at the end of the day, if they got structure and they got organization, they respect that. You know, and, and something I was going to say earlier uh, about pushing these players and when you're coaching them hard and stuff like that, Shane used the, the phrase players coach. I always, you know, cringe when I hear that word. And when you look at the great coaches in this industry, you know, or you look at any great leader in any industry, you know, um, they're a 10 percenter, you know, and. You know, I've always said there's a 10 percent and then there's a 90 percent. And, and, and if you're in a 90 percent, it don't make you bad people. But, you know, but that 10 percent has a special mindset and they're just driven to get results. I think that what he just said, Blake, applies. I was thinking this in my head as you say it, like, you know, leading a team, always selling every person for the company, talking about promoting your industry, or your team, whatever you do. That applies to pretty much anything. You know, especially dentistry, and I don't think dental offices do that at all. They don't talk about what they do outside the practice or anything like that. Uh, I think it's a good mindset to have too. Yeah, but like, no, I got I a question for you. Go ahead. And um, what do you think is more impressive, Kevin's four championships in arena and indoor football league, or my four fantasy football championships? Go ahead. I'll let you go. Well, I will say it's amazing that <laughs> honestly that you can do anything sometimes, Jane. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, I there's like the fact You're talking that, to two champions here, Blake. Respect, okay? You know, I mean, I <laughs> competing in wrestling. You know, building up to that moment, that final straw to being the top of the top, was so hard, right? It was a challenging moment, and like, there's just so much that goes into that championship, and, and like winning all the games and getting there. And that's what's really, I mean, incredible, man. Because you're building a business, building an empire, and then also, like I said, kicking ass on the field. So I, I had. Give it to him all day, but again, I'm really impressed, Shane, with really honestly how you do half the things you do in life. So, given the, <laughs> given the capabilities that God blessed you with, you know, uh, I, I, I would ask Shane. I would ask Shane out of those four championships. No, 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 no. How many times was he the commissioner at the same time? And then you know, then let's evaluate. 
Listen, yeah. rule number 67, Kevin, play like a champion, no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> it's like any other, I just got to be talking about it. You know, when, you, when you've been winning, Shane, they're going to they're gonna throw some rocks at you. So, you know, but, you know, I know uh, he's learned some good lessons from me, so he's got really good at fantasy football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, Kevin gets so mad though. Like he'll he'll like lose early in the playoffs. He's like, but I won the regular season. He would never say that about his own team. Hey Blake, it, tell me the truth. Like, is it harder to win the playoffs or regular season? Regular season is way longer. Okay, and there's so many things that happen, injuries, all this stuff. So I, I'm sorry, the regular season champ. I don't know. There's something. Blake doesn't know because I beat him at both. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, I, I, I'm not one to speak credibly on on any of that because I get I quit NFL about two years ago. I, I'm done. I left it with Papa John's. I was just like, I'm over it. He's and, and by the way, who's your, Kevin? Who is your favorite college football team? This one I love to give him crap about all the time. My favorite college football team. Yeah, there's only one, brother. That's a roll tide. That's Alabama. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? Really? Because that depends. Auburn's better that year. Hey, <laughs> hey Blake, let me let me give you the background. I went to the same high school as Bo Jackson, so I, you know, we kind of grew up pulling for the guy. You yeah. know, I my 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 grandfather went to Auburn, played at Auburn, so you know, there's 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 a little history there. So you know, I here here's what I've learned in my business. Okay, I don't. I, I really don't. I really don't pull for teams anymore. I pull for people. Okay. And, you know, I just, since Nick Saban was probably at Michigan state, you know, I, I started following his career and, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't know how you can be an Auburn fan. They make me so mad at the decisions they make half the time down there. Yeah, um, no. it, it makes the state look bad. It's, I mean, they just, you know, right when they start getting on top, they'll do something that sets them back five years. Yeah, Saban's the king of Alabama right now. I don't think he's going to go anywhere for any time soon, right? So you you, you got to respect the heck out of that guy. That guy is literally a champion. I mean, the way he's just changed college football into like this Yankees-like empire or dynasty program there at Alabama is incredible. He's Bear Bryant 2.0, maybe better. Man, man better maybe than that. He's his own. Now let me ask you this, Kevin. Who is your favorite coach all time? Who's your idol coach? Ooh, that's a tough one. So – you know, obviously, if you watch the last 10 years in the NFL and college, I don't think there's anybody any better than Belichick and Saban. I mean, they've, they've totally separated themselves. Um, you know, I guess a lifetime. I mean, obviously, growing up in Alabama, when, you know, I, 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 I know I was in awe as a kid. Anytime Bear Bryant was on TV, you know, he, he, the whole state worshiped, you know, but, you know, as I look around, you know, I think Kirby. I think Kirby's going to have a, a, a great career. He's still a young guy, so you know, I, I think he's going to have a great career. And I wouldn't be shocked if Saban retires. Everybody thinks they're going to go after Dabo. I, I could see them going after Kirby and trying to bring him back to Alabama. So no, um, you know, it could happen. But um, I yeah, I mean, other than that, um, I mean, when Alabama's <laughs> got the most no, most national championships of any school in the country, it's kind of hard to get outside your home state, but. You know, I, I think Tom, Tom Osborne, I respected what he did at Nebraska, especially seeing how it dropped off since he left. And he was running the wishbone and kicking everybody's butt. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty impressive. I, I went to Georgia Southern where we still run the triple option. That is all we do. And, and we the the year I was the, – the second year I was there, our quarterback, Jason Foster, had like the most SDS yards of all his – you know, history, like 5,400 yards or 5,900 yards, something like that. It was crazy. Still to this day, no matter the coach, triple option. That's the program they're going to run. 
It just drives me insane. Well, they get a lot of fast dudes out there. You can't get a good quarterback, though. <laughs> so why not? You can't, uh, can't hit a wide-open receiver ever. All right, so let's just do this. I gotta Let's take a look at the schedule, and let's just go. Because I will say, Kevin is as much grief as I give him. He takes care of us every time we come out there. It's pretty awesome. we got to go to a game. Let's look at the schedule. We can get – oh, by the way, he, uh, they met Joe Marinfer. I forgot to mention this. They were at the DIA party this year. They came. I don't know why. Oh. I almost forgot. I could have been hammered by that. I, I know exactly why you and 500 other people forgot that night. <laughs> yeah. He was, he's part of the DIA team. Him and, uh, him and Kathy, his wife, were there. How drunk was I, Kevin? <laughs> uh, well, you're a little bit of a lightweight. So, you know, I probably, you were probably two drinks in, you know, back up there. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Do you ever think a bunch of dentists and, and dental industry people would be that kind of wild? Yeah, I don't know. But I, I will say this. When I saw you, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wasn't going to say anything earlier, but when you were talking about that 170 pounds, I didn't see that when I saw you. I was, I was, I was 179 and a half pounds. So packed it all five feet, two inches of me. <laughs> so, uh, but no, his wife, Kathy, my sister-in-law actually needs an implant. And I introduced her to Joe Marinfar where we out there. So see if she'll actually go and Joe will take care of her for sure, man. Maybe we do something with that. That'd be fun. We'll do live stream any, of surgery, Blake, and then we go to a arena game. We go to the end of a football league. Any excuse to get out the, get out there, I'm good, man. I love hanging out with Joe. And right. as you can see, I have fun in Scottsdale. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Kevin, last question for you, man. How much sunscreen do you have to buy a year living out there with your fair, fair skin, your, your, your balding head, and living in Phoenix? <laughs> have you invested well, in any sunscreen companies? <laughs> No, I, actually, I think they should invest in me. I should—I mean, they should sponsor, sponsor me. Yeah, and and you know, I, I would put their name all over me and brand them. But, uh, <laughs> I probably in in, in, a, in a football season, I probably go through I'd say three or four bottles of of uh, um, sunblock. So I've been cut on I've been cut on twice. You know, skin cancer, and you know, I I, I wear big hat. You have to see me at practice. I wear big hats, sunglasses. I got the, the socks that come up to my knees and I got shorts and, you know, I'll wear a t-shirt with, you know, the, the, um, what do you, you ever seen the TV Island of Dr. Moreau or whatever that is? <laughs> That's what he yeah. looks like. <laughs> now uh, I don't tan, I don't tan up. My freckles come together. Well, <laughs> you've got your first game against your wife, April 5th. It looks like, right? April 5th. Uh, She's going down. All right, so uh, we're, we're going to call it a year. We're going to do a little wager. Uh, so what, what's, what, what are you going to offer up with your wife right now in public? You're going to broadcast this. What's the wager on that game? He knows. He don't lose ever. <laughs> Man, I, I, I tried to get her to agree to some stuff that I couldn't say publicly. And, you, know, she, it, you know, I don't know. After being married 19 years, I think she's She's tired of me anyway. So, uh, I, you know, I, I would say, you know, hey, let's bet some money. But then I got to think about it. I'm just I'm, I'm, it's, it's my back. money. 
All right, Blake, we'll so bet I, something. We'll each pick a team when they play, right. and you and I will bet because I Done. lost a lot. We're gonna, we're gonna do a little side. Yeah, we like gambling on this on this show. Oh, this is fun. gonna be great. We'll do the, we could probably hey, pull the podcast. Did you donate to that charity yet? By the way, you. No, I gotta write that check. You, you know, I will actually film myself writing the check. You actually, better I'll do that tomorrow. Remind me. Mm-hmm. I will do it if it's for charity. I, you, I would avoid like the plague, but if you charity, give it to I'll me, it's still charity. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Hey, Kevin, really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it's been fun to have you. We will do this, actually. We will go out there. Um, yeah, I'm seriously, I want to come out for a game. This is awesome, man. It was really cool meeting you. I, I mean, seriously, your story is kick-ass. I, I really applaud you. It's awesome what you're doing, and uh, I want to seriously, I want to be sidelined there at the game. Man. I well, I appreciate you, know. you guys having me on. I, 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 Shane can come to any game but the championship game, man. When he shows up for that, I yeah, lose they lose. Five, so <laughs> I, I just I can't bring him to any more championship games. He's, He's got to hey, watch can, it on TV. Can I play in one of the games? Like, like, can I suit up for tryouts or something? I don't think I'll make the uh, team, but I might get beat up. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, well your wife Hard pass. will be will be collecting uh, her her insurance policy if that happens. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He'll show up with a mask and piss you off like he did some company the other day. <laughs> I did piss off for that. So that's that's nothing new, man. <laughs> Kevin, I really appreciate you being on, dude. You guys were nice to me overall. I was not expecting that. So I knew as soon as I stopped hitting record, that that'll go out the window, though. So, all right, guys, we'll catch you next time on the All In Podcast. Thanks for listening to the All In Podcast. See you next time.